Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. I wanted to tell you a couple of stories. Is that okay? It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell them anyway. I was, um, you know, one of the songs, uh, it, it had this phrase, ooh, uh, or, ooh, or something. Did you notice that in the song? I forget. Well, my mind, you know, I'm a knowledge person, so my mind goes back to where did that originate from? And uh, so back in the day, I mean way back even before me, Musicians would travel from town to town, and they would be singing in the public markets, and people didn't know the songs, so they would go, fra-la-la-la-la-la, and so everybody would do the fra-la-la-la-la. They could get that, and so it was just to get them involved. And so uh, some of those songs, for those who don't know, ooh, is good. And I'm going to prove it to you in a second here. One thing the scripture does say, uh, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities for we know not what to pray for as we are, but the spirit helps us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now, uh, there has been talk, or one scholar said that that is uh, language in an in articulate inarticulate speech. But, you know, I've found out that just to get your heart involved, have you ever hummed? And it just, you know, made, brought peace, made you feel good, that sort of thing. Well, you know, the enemy wants to keep you silent. And when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I don't remember whether it's fourth or fifth, but I had a teacher by the name of Mrs. Black. She was not African-American, but her name was Mrs. Black. And so we were doing an activity. There was about 30 of us in a classroom. And believe me, one teacher could keep you under control back in the day <laughs> because they didn't have, the, they didn't have these no-hit no policies. <laughs> it was encouraged. So anyway, we were doing this activity where everybody was up, moving around the room freely. And so for some odd reason, I just started humming. It was a low hum. Mm, I, I must, the spirit must have been moving on me. Well, I didn't know it, but this was irritating Mrs. Black. And she, you know, I wasn't opening my mouth. I wasn't doing anything like that. And all of a sudden, she zeroed in on me. And she grabbed me by the ear, and she just started jerking. And I thought I was going to lose my ear. And she didn't even tell me why she was doing it. But I figured it out. The enemy wants to keep you silent. 
And you might not know a word to a song, but if a song comes to you, then you start humming it, you start whistling it, you start doing whatever. Do, refuse to remain silent. Yes, God. Refuse to remain silent. Which leads me to uh, another story. The Roman, during the Roman Empire, you know, they had a big army. And, you know, Paul equated Christian, Christian armor with the Roman soldier. And he talks about using the sword of the Spirit. Well, do you know that every time that a Roman soldier would pull his, his sword out of his sheath or put it back in, it would sharpen it. Somehow they had the, the, they had it, they'd made those sheaths that held the sword to where it would sharpen by going in and out. And so the more they used their sword, the sharper it became. And I want to tell you this morning that the more we use our equipments, the sharper we become. I watched a, you can watch this on um, YouTube. Anybody ever hear of Gary Cooper? Nobody ever hear? All right. There was a movie made as a true story about a, about a World War I soldier by the name of Sergeant York. Just go on YouTube and type in Sergeant York, and you can watch the full movie. He was a conscientious objector. He was a hell raiser. He got saved, became a conscientious objector, but then he was drafted into the army. It's a long story. But... One of the scenes of the movie, they, you know, they're in boot camp, so they're giving out the weapons. And one of the guys, you know, they're told to clean the weapon. And so this one guy, he's cleaning his weapon. He's got the whole outside of his rifle polished. So the sergeant comes along and looks down the barrel, and he says, what are you telling me? This, is, this isn't clean. He says it's full of grease. And the soldier said, well, does that make the bullet slide out easier? <laughs> he says, clean it. You know, a lot of times we have weapons that we've been issued in the Lord's army and the Lord's service, and we never clean it. We never pull it out. We never use it. And every time I, I do a uh, funeral, I'm reminded of this. You know, how many of you know the Lord's coming back? He's coming back. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. There are things that we are to know in the Christian life that we've just kind of put on the back shelf. But really, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I just want to read this. And this isn't the message. This is just the hors d'oeuvres. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, verse 13, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those who have died. He says, lest you sorrow as, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So what is the, what is the uh, emphasis here? That Jesus died and rose again. Didn't say that Jesus ride, rose again, and you pay your tithes. No, we encourage you to pay your tithes. Didn't say that Jesus died 
and rose again, and you become a missionary. No. It's that the emphasis is in being saved is that we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Okay? Now, I believe that that's something that sometimes we put on the shelf because we have other things that we're more interested in. And I'm not saying that those other things are not needed, not profitable, and that we shouldn't be proclaiming them and sharing them. But the reality is, is we cannot forget the cross. We cannot forget the resurrection. We cannot forget the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you do, you're letting something get dusty and dirty that needs to be repeatedly used. I've even thought about, you know, when we as Christians, you know, we might have, we might have deeper revelation. <laughs> I remember Lester Summerall said one time, you know, if you're so deep, you better come back to the cross. I've even thought about going out in public with somebody that is a like-minded Christian, and we just start talking and asking questions. Well, what do you, what do you mean, born again? What does it mean? What does it mean to be, to be resident? You know, and you know, people listen. They can't help but hear another conversation. And if you just start planting seeds, you might, you will get people's attention. They might not come up to you that day, but they'll come up to you another time and say, what did you mean by this? What did you mean by this? Because one thing, the Spirit of God is already moving upon their heart because you planted the Word. You planted the Word of God, and it's opened their hearts. The, the Word of God will not return unto him void. That means it's going to accomplish that which it sent it forth to do. So don't be ashamed to talk about the, you know, the early foundations of the Christian belief because there are some people that don't know as much as you do. They don't even know. I remember one time uh, I, was, uh, I was at someone's house and I got rebuked by, uh, by a believer. It was a good, it was a nice rebuke wasn't one of those, oh man, I'll never go back there again. But I would say, uh, you know, let's go to John 3, in my preaching, I'd say, let's go to John 3, 16. Well, everybody knows it. And when I was over visiting this, uh, this saint in the Lord, she said, not everybody knows John 3, 16. Because she was a new believer and she barely knew it. So a lot of times we think people know things and they don't really know them. So if we talk about things, if we talk about things, it, it invites people in to our conversation. Don't, you know, don't, don't be afraid to talk about the Lord's return. Amen. Don't be afraid to talk about, you know, not, you know, we're, we're you know, and me, I'm excited about miracles. I'm excited about that. But the reality is, is people getting born again is a miracle too. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. With that in mind, we're still not going to go to the sermon, through the message, not a sermon. In Malachi, I just go over to Malachi. I'll know. I'll tell you when I get there. But in Malachi, you go to Matthew and take a left, and it's the first book. 
You know, there's some places. Do you have pages in your Bible that still stick together? You need to, you need to at least go through and twist your Bible a little bit so those pages don't stick together. No, you should actually read your Bible. Most of the time in, Matthew, in Malachi chapter 3, we always hit the, the tithing, which is good. It's all good. But after the tithing, God starts talking about in verse 13, and I, I want to start with verse 13, but actually my emphasis is going to be in verse 16 and 17. Do you know that God actually listens to your conversation? Even if you're whispering, God can hear you. Man, I wish that preacher would, I wish that preacher would shut up. God hears you. As a matter of fact, the, the Israelites got in trouble a lot of times because they were complaining about Moses and God heard them and said, you're complaining about me. But anyway. So where did I say? Okay, there we go. Verse 13, he says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. It is useless to serve God. Why have I been serving God all this year? I thought he was going to do this. I thought he was going to do that. I thought he was going to supply my needs. I thought he was going to do. God hears that. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, you have said it is useless to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinances and that we walk as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed, and those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Verse 16, this is what I want you to get. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord eavesdropped. <laughs> wow. And the Lord and the Lord listened to listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him and those who feared the Lord and who meditated on his name. In other words, God's listening not because he wants to hear your complaining, he wants to listen to you to, to see if you're speaking words that he's going to be able to turn around and bless you with. Because he writes a book, and he says, I don't want to forget this. I want to make sure I bless them. And we could make a sermon out of this. Or a message, I'm sorry. We don't do sermons around here. Verse 17, it says, they shall be mine, says the Lord. Who? The ones that are speaking positive things to each other. They're not even praying. They're not even talking to the Lord. They're talking to one another. They're speaking, they're speaking positive things about the Lord. They're speaking the blessing of the Lord, and the Lord listens, and he hears them, and he says, I'm going to write, write a book about them, and they're going to be mine. Yes. He says, on that day, I will make them my jewels. You're not just going to get jewels. You're going to be the jewel. Are you a diamond or are you a diamond in the rough? <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're going to get polished. How many felt polished? You know how they polish 
diamonds. They stick it on a grinding wheel. And that thing's turning real, you know, thousands of RPM, and it's polishing. It's polished by irritation. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many of you are being polished? <laughs> well, God's making a jewel out of you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And I will spare them. Amen. Spare them what? Spare them from something you don't want to go through, probably. As a man spares his own son who serves them, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. In other words, there is a way to see, what, you know, if, if you fit in so well that people don't know you're a Christian, you fit in too well. I remember one time I was working at a, at a job. And you've heard this, a lot of you have heard this story, but I was complaining and I was sweeping this floor. I worked for a, a medical school and I worked in the engineering department. We ran the heating and cooling units. And uh, I was working there because I was a, a Navy boilerman and I got the job because of that, because we had boilers in the, in the building. So I said, Lord, and I knew I was supposed to be in the ministry. And I'm complaining. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> I was complaining. I don't remember what I said, but oh, yeah, I, Lord, I'm supposed to be in the ministry. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly. Just gave me a scripture. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all things to the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just shifted. I didn't need 20 minutes to repent. I, I just, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you know what? About two weeks or a week later, a guy come up to me and he says, why are you always happy? And I said, well, I got Jesus in my life. And he said, well, so am I. I'm a Christian. And I thought, well, that's a surprise to me. Well, it must have been I was a surprise to him that I was a Christian. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes uh, we speak, we preach without opening our mouths. We communicate by word, by deed, and by spirit. By word, by deed, and by spirit. You know, some people can say the right words, but the spirit of it is so, you know, a kid could say the right words, but it's rebellious. I was going to say it. I'm going to say it. They could just be rebellious, but speak the right words. But you, could, you can see, you know, by their spirit. Because we communicate by word, by... <coughs> by deed and by spirit. And the last story, before I get into the sermon, message, I'm sorry, <laughs> is uh, I was in the Navy, you know that, for four years, and um, we, we hardly ever used our, our weapons because I was in during the Cold War. My job was, or our job as a unit, as a ship, 
was to chase Russian subs and keep track of them. That's what we did, and if we were in a carrier task force, then our job was to protect the carrier. We were the sacrifice. If a torpedo or whatever was coming towards a carrier, it was our responsibility to come up and take the hit so that the carrier didn't. The average life in World War II of a, of a destroyer was uh, about four minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, four minutes. Anyway, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't be on a carrier. But anyway, but even though we didn't use these particular weapons, we were always cleaning them, always cleaning them, always taking care of them so that when we did need them, they would be ready for use. They would be ready, even th not just the weaponry, but other, other things. We would do a thing called PMS, plan, <laughs> as planned maintenance system. If you didn't do the PMS, then you got the PMS. But anyway, <laughs> when you needed to use it. So anyway, we had a planned maintenance system, and even though a piece of machinery wasn't used, we still did the planned maintenance on it. Why? So that it would be ready when we needed it to work. Okay? So here we go. Are you living, well, I hope so, or I know so life? Mm. Well, I hope so. Are you saved? Well, I hope so. Does God love you? Well, I hope so. You going to heaven? Well, I hope so. Do you want an I hope so salvation or I know so salvation? Do you want to have a confidence the Apostle Paul said, I am confident. Are you confident or are you just, I hope so? Now, I want to tell you, hope is very important, but you have to have the biblical definition of hope. If you're just a hoping and a praying, that's not the kind of hope we're talking about. We're talking about a hope that gives leverage to your faith. We've talked about faith, but the reality is if you don't have the true hope, your faith is worthless. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you, have, if you don't have the proper hope, then you and your faith are worthless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Reuben. I got one response. <laughs> hope is essential and essential means absolutely necessary for a joyful, victorious, and spirit-filled Christian life in the now. Yeah. And say, in the now. Or Roberts, back in the day when I was uh, in my 20s, he did a, uh, a series called The Holy Spirit in the Now. And the reason he said that was because the church was relegating the Holy Spirit in the past. But it's not the Holy Spirit in the past, it's the Holy Spirit in the now. And your joyful Christian life is the, and spirit-filled life is in the now. Is in the now. You know, you remember the scripture that I, I didn't even read it. The first Thessalonians, 
chapter 4. goes on to say, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him uh, those who sleep in Jesus. Now let me just say this. To be absent from the body is immediately to be present with the Lord. The body is sleeping, but the spirit is, is more alive than it's ever experienced. Can I get an amen? amen? That is a hope that should activate you. And he goes on to say, for, uh, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed or go ahead of those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. In another place, Paul was trying to decide whether he should stay or whether he should go. He said to go and to be with Christ is far better. I heard a story the other day. Well, I've heard it several times, but somebody rehearsed it again the other day about they had died and somebody prayed him back. And they told that person that prayed him back, if I ever die again, don't you ever pray me back. I've heard of people getting angry at people for praying them back. Why? Because the place they were at was far better than where they were at on earth. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes the Lord sends you back because your job is not finished. Your job's not finished. God's got something for you. And so it would pay us to find out what that is. But then he goes on to say, in the last of that last verse of that chapter, he says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. In other words, to talk about this. Encourage each other in this. And I want to just say this that they were killing Christians at this time. It wasn't a it wasn't a, it wasn't a time to be a Christian to where you were just free about it. Even though they were free about it, they were, they were killing Christians. And the guy that wrote this was one of the guys that was killing Christians. So he says, he says we encourage each other in this so that we can comfort each other. How... How often do we talk about the Lord's returning to comfort each other, knowing that it's far better that those who have died and gone to be with the Lord, they're in the presence of the Lord. There is fullness of joy. Oh, yeah, we do it every time we have a funeral. But the reality is, is we need to be talking about this on a regular basis and even talking about it in public so that somebody else can eavesdrop. Well, I'm afraid to witness. Don't witness. What do you mean don't witness? Be a witness. If you're talking one to another, the Lord hears. 
It's blessing him. He's writing it down and he's pouring out his blessing on you. That blessing will affect other people around you. Thank you, Jesus. So, we have focused on faith, haven't we? Let's go to let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter one, uh, Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one. All these ones here, I got a little dyslexic, and uh. you know the scripture we focused on faith, and that's rightly so because the, both in the Old and the New Testament it says the just shall live by faith. But notice this uh, chapter in. Um, Hebrews 11.1, 1. it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. There, without hope, there is nothing for your faith to give substance to. You say, well, I'm just believing the Lord. Well, if you don't have hope, you're not believing the Lord. Now, I'm going to give you the definition of hope, but I don't want to, I don't want to give you the whole thing in one shot. Hope is not just a hoping and a praying. Hope is not, well, I hope I'm saved. Hope is something that gives confidence. It, it, it activates, it actually activates your faith. It activates your faith. Also in that same, well, verse 2 says, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Good report is not only from faith, but a good report also comes from hope. I'm going to jump ahead of myself a little bit, but, you know, Jesus mentioned a number of times that faith can be seen. The four men that brought the, the paralyzed man, when they lowered him through the roof, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Faith is something you can see, but hope is also something you can see. Your faith is a testimony your hope is a testimony. How do you get a testimony? By you're tested, and then you get a money. <laughs> Anybody been tested before? Then when the Lord shows up and the Lord helps you and the Lord sees you through it, you have a money to give somebody. You have a test a money. Boney, boney, mo, money, morana. <laughs> What's he doing? You have to live in the 60s. <laughs> A little trick with Nick. Nick, Nick, Bobic, Bonana, Bana, Bobic, Fee, Fi, Mo. The name game. Anybody remember the name game? Okay. It was a popular song. I don't have no clue why. This was the stupidest song, but they played it all the time. So anyway, um, Hebrews 11.6 says, um, But without faith it is impossible 
to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. There's two things here. One is you must believe that he is now. And what must I believe that he is about? You must believe everything he says about himself. Not just that he is, not just that God exists. You must believe everything he says about himself. He is a comforter. He is a strengthener. He is a standby. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is Jehovah Shammah. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And even though it doesn't appear to be that way, faith says, yes, it is. You believe that he is a rewarder. Well, to believe that he is a rewarder is hope. Because you you only hope for things you don't see. If you got it, why would you keep hoping for it? Well, I hope the Lord gives me a car as you're driving the church. No, you wouldn't hope for a car because you already got it. You might be hoping for a better car. But the reality is, is that hope is always in the future. Faith is now. But you have to have hope for things future for your faith to work. And as you hope for those things that are future and you talk about it, you are a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you might be, you might be at your lowest point, but if you're talking about the goodness of the Lord, you are describing faith and people cannot understand why. You've got the great, because you have the grace of God upon you. And when the grace of God is upon you, people can't understand it. They don't need to understand it. Let them come and ask you a question. But if you, uh, if you complain them with the best of them, they're not going to ask you because you were them. Back in the day, I used to think I could... I could put people, I mean, I was coarse. I mean, I was raised in a family that was, uh, but I had four, four guys on the bus that were just ridiculing me, and I shut every one of them up. I mean, they were all doing it at one time, and I shut them down. Of course, I can't repeat what I said. I don't even remember what I said. But you know what? We keep silence. We keep silent and we lose our power. You don't have to talk directly to a person. Talk to each other and you will catch somebody's ear. Thank you, Lord. So again, faith can be seen. Jesus saw their faith and hope can be seen. Now, I want us to go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm going to, this is my scriptural reference to prove to you that hope can be seen. 
It says this. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Sanctify means to set apart as holy. You know, God sanctifies you, but you have to sanctify your heart to make it a holy place. You say, well, Jesus already did that. Yeah, by the blood of Jesus, but you got to walk in it. I was just going through my Baptist hymnal. Uh, I have a Baptist hymnal. I used to be Baptist, but this is, wasn't mine. This was my mom's. And I was looking, you know, we sang a song this morning called, uh, you know, For a Thousand Tongues. Uh, anybody remember John Osteen? Joel's father? Joel's father, John said he, he was a Baptist, and he said, they used to sing, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, thy great Redeemer's praise. He said he got one more, and they kicked him out. He spoke in tongues. <laughs> Back in the day, if you spoke in tongues as a Baptist, you got the left foot of fellowship. <clears throat> you know, and I remember uh, I, my, one of my first times to preach I don't even remember if I'd gone to Bible school or not, but I was asked to preach at a Youth for Christ Bible study. And the week before, there was a fist fight <laughs> at the Youth for Christ Bible study because they started arguing over whether you speak in tongues or not. That used to be a pretty hot topic. And so they said, whatever you do, don't... Talk about speaking in tongues. So, well, whatever. So I taught on who they, were, who they are in Christ. Who Christ is in them and who they are in Christ. I'm just, I'm just referring that to you because actually the pastor I had when I was a kid, the Baptist pastor, his wife begged him not to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because he lost his pension, he lost everything. It's all gone. Left foot of fellowship. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You lost it all. But he got filled with the Holy Spirit. So, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and, and be ready always. Remember I talked about cleaning your weapon, using your weapon? Be ready always to give an account, to give an answer or an account to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why would they ask you about the hope that is in you if it can't be seen? They have to see something for them to ask a question. And I just want to say this week, we had a celebration service for Joe. And I think we made an impression. I think the Lord made an impression, I should say. I'd ask you to talk about it. you want to talk about it? Nope. Okay. You know, when Donna used to actually play the keyboard, we had to put a flower in front of her so nobody could see her. So. Yes, 
But you know what? We, we celebrated. Now, Donna said, your, your music's a little too slow. She says, I want them rocking it. So then she helped create the music. And, uh, you know, we, the, actually, everybody started clapping in, in the first song. And then, you know, we, when we shared the word, we, we shared it. There was, there was not a doubt how to get saved. It was a, be- uh, a beautiful thing at the, uh, at the graveside. The military honors just loved it. But you know what? People, people spoke about that. Such a beautiful service. Such a beautiful service. Well, we demonstrated without, well, we did talk about it all, but we demonstrate. we just didn't talk about it. We demonstrated that there is a celebration. We celebrated life, but we also celebrated Jesus because there's something to look forward to. There's not only just something to look forward to, there's something for the now. And we've got to be able to, we've got to be able to demonstrate it to the best of our ability. He says to, to be ready. How do I be ready? We rehearse and we meditate on the goodness of the, of the Lord in our lives. Remember back, uh, remember the Malachi scripture? He said, I'm, they, they talked and they said, God said, I'm going to make a book of remembrance. I'm going to make them jewels. Why? Because they were talking about the goodness of the Lord. So how, to, how do we sharpen, how do we sharpen our, our hope? We talk about it. We talk about it one to another. And uh, also in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, uh, pre- uh, the previous verses give us a clue as to how to sharpen and how to be ready. It says this in verse 9, or verse 8, it says, Finally, be ye of one mind. Wouldn't that be something for a church just to be saying the same thing? Well, I don't believe this. I don't believe. Well, go someplace you believe then. <coughs> Hallelujah. We should be of the same mind. We should have the, we should have the love of the Lord. We should have the... The fear of the Lord, we should, we should be exalting Jesus and not exalting ourselves or exalting man. Having the same mind, be of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brethren, be pitiful. That means to show pity. Don't, don't, don't be pitiful. I just wanted to find this so that you're not, well, see, I have, a, I have a reason. Now I can be pitiful. No, it means to show pity. It says, be courteous. Can you imagine just being nice to people? Is actually fulfillment of the Lord's will. Yeah, it's really good. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Well, I went, out, uh, went on the internet to find out what railing was, and it just didn't have, they didn't have a clue what it meant. It means to put up a rail fence or something like that. So I went to the Strong's Concordance. Railing means to continually speak uh, degrading words. Wow. 
to, to continually speak degrading words. And then I read, it's a crime. You know, to continually slander people is a crime. Do we have any criminals in here? Have any? No, whatever. Do you repent? Hey, I, let's be human here. Not too human. But uh, I've had my days. But I repent. Actually, uh, it, the, the, the greatest words that have helped me is it's not my thought. That has just cleared it. That, that, has, that, has, uh, that has taken all, of the, all the firepower away from the enemy. I don't have to stand there for 20 minutes and say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. And I, I just say, that's not my thought. I have authority. Jesus has given me authority. And if I say that's not my thought, it's not my thought. And immediately the peace of God comes over you because the enemy has lost all authority and power over you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Contrary, but contrary-wise, blessing. Amen. So the next time you feel like railing somebody, that's not my thought, and bless them. And there's a blessing that comes from that blessing. Because yes. listen to this. It says... Contrary-wise, blessing, knowing that you are hereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Amen. How many know that everybody in this room is called? Mm -hmm. Do you know what your calling is? Your calling is to be blessed mm -hmm. so much that people see it and they want to know why you're blessed. You are called to inherit a blessing. But the way we step into that blessing is to bless others when we feel like railing them. That's good, preacher. Ooh, I might even get fed this afternoon. <laughs> Your green beans. My green beans. I made them yesterday. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 10 is for, says, For he that would love life. You know, if you, got a, if you got a thing about life that you don't like it, you better change your thoughts. My dad would always tell me, I hate, I hate your mother. How would you like to hear that? Well, he was in the hospital when he told me. I went to see him, took everything I could to do it. I hate your mother, and I wish I was dead. You better be careful what you say. I hate your mother, and I wish I was dead. Well, the time he did die, he was fighting to stay alive. Why did I tell you that story? Well, we'll if figure. If you want to love life, thank you, dear. If, he says, for he that will love life, you might think you're not enjoying life now, but I would tell you that you, got, you have it better than most people. Yes. You know, this is the quietest place you'll ever live. In heaven, they're shouting the praises of God. 
And in hell, they're screaming the misery. This is the quietest place. I think it would be good to, sh to practice the shouting the praises of God. It's just a thought. It says to sharpen, get that, get that sword moving. It says, for he that will love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from that they speak no guile. Let, that, let him eschew, eschew means to deliberately avoid. That's good. Deliberately avoid evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace with those that are against you. You know, sometimes I've found the best way to create peace is to move away from those that want to cause war with you. He says, seek peace. Deliberately avoid evil. Hallelujah. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Now I'm going to have to kind of speed up because I'm past. But this is so good. To me, it was. So he says, avoid, deliberately avoid evil. Now, I'm going to give you a definition of it. What is, this is, I want to ask you, what is your definition of evil? You know, being a serial killer, I'm sure that's an evil thing. You know, talking bad behind your pastor to, uh, about your pastor, I'm sure that's evil. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, in the porno you know, into, uh, into soaps, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a Bible definition for evil. Is that okay? Well, in Numbers chapter 13, the children of Israel had left Egypt. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. And they decide to send 12 spies into the land. And all 12 came back. They all saw the same thing. They, the grapes were so, the cluster of grapes were so big, they needed a, a pole with two men between them to carry the fruit. Now, I don't know. In my mind, I'm thinking of basketball-sized grapes. That's, that's my thing. That's what I was thinking, but it just could have been such a big cluster. However you want to see it. And so they all saw the same thing. Two of them had a good report, and ten of them had an evil report. And Caleb, uh, so, the, so the first ten gave their report, which was bad, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. Mm -hmm. So that's a good report. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought an evil report of the land. 
What is some, what is evil? Speaking against what God has promised. God said, I'm taking you to a land that flows with milk and honey, and I'm giving it to you. But they said, we can't take it. Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can. No, we can't. Yes, I can. No, we can't. Yes, I can. And some of us are battling with that even on the inside of us, and we've got to say, yes, we can. You've got to be the little engine that could. Anybody ever hear the little engine that could? Well, the little engine that, and I'm going to expand that, the little engine that could, could because of, of, of the fire that was on the inside of him. Where is the Lord? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where? On the inside. It is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So when I say I can't, I'm given an evil report. Wow. One of the first prophecies I got from Leon Walters. I don't even know if you were in the room. We can't find it. It's, we, we can't find it, but I remember it. Because I was, you know, I was down on my, you know, I used to do it to be funny. And people, you guys always laugh, so I'd always say things about myself. You know, good laugh. But the Lord said through Apostle Leon, I am tired of you. Now I put the pause there. (laughs) The pause wasn't that long. It was like a comma said, I am tired of you speaking against me and speaking against yourself. Well, Lord, I'm not saying anything bad about you. Oh, yes, you are. Because when you speak bad about yourself, you are speaking bad about his creation. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation that God has created. And when you speak bad about yourself, yeah, but pastor, you don't know. I haven't even told you half of what I've done. (laughs) And you'll never probably know. Bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? What they gonna do when they come for you? (laughs) And we're not going to get here and compare our war stories. You think that's bad. <laughs> we're not going to do that. But the reality is, is we, de- we degrade what God has done. We've got, to ha- we've got to thoroughly believe what David said in Psalm 139. I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that my soul knows right well. Are you thoroughly convinced that you are a creation of God 
and that he has brought you to perfection. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are, are become new. And that's why he said in 2 Corinthians 5, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And the last verse of that scripture is this. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How does God see you? He sees you as righteous. How does God see you? He sees you as beloved. So if you are beloved, I have an admonition for you. Be loved. Be loved. Oh, nobody likes me. Be loved. Nobody cares about me. Be loved. I found out myself because I can attest from from uh, personal experience is that when you are down on yourself, you create a wall that keeps everybody out because you don't want to, you don't want, actually you will, you will sabotage yourself. You will, you will create friction between somebody else because it's you pushing them away and not them pushing you away. You're afraid of being pushed away. Therefore, you create this friction so that people will leave you. But if you know that God loves you and you know, so what if there are some people that don't? Not everybody liked Jesus. You know, they crucified him. But there was a lot of people that were for him. A lot of people for, for him. So don't give up just because one or, one or two. I heard this years ago. I got to quit. I just heard Lynn say that. He better quit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, if you go out shopping and you buy a dress and three people say that looks great on you. And one lady says... It makes your hips stick out. Which one do you remember? That's what I'm talking about. There's always going to be, there's always going to be somebody. Everybody loves. <laughs> Glory to God. Do you believe God loves you? I mean, do you believe... Do you believe that he loves you so much that he's not going to hold back anything? Do you believe that, do you believe that even, and I'm not preaching you a thing to where you're never going to have a problem. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying he's with you in the problem and he'll get you through the problem. I believe that God will get you through better than what you went into it. Why do I say that? Because he takes us from faith to faith, 
from strength to strength and from glory to glory. You're going to come out better in the future. And, I'm, and I, besides heaven, even on this earth, you can come out better than where you started. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dear Jesus, where do we quit? Help me. Help me, Elena. What am I going to do? You don't know. Well, if you don't know, I don't know. Hallelujah. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Gretchen what? Has Gretchen has. I just wanted to say these things. All his promises are yes. All his, pro all his promises are yes and amen. It's one thing to sing it. It's another thing to believe it. So we're just talking about believing it, mm -hmm. believing it. What did we talk about today? We talked about your hope is something that can be seen. And if we talk about our hope, people are going to see it. And they, the scripture doesn't even talk that about faith. It says they will come and ask you to give an account as to why you have the hope in you. Why you have the hope in you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today in Jesus' name. I just want to ask, is there anybody, anybody that has, well, the I hope so hope? If you want to get past the I hope so hope, well, I hope God loves me. I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope he's going to meet my needs. I, that's not the kind of hope we're talking about. I never did even get to the definition of hope. Hope... I didn't, because I didn't finish. But hope is an, an, an excited anticipation for what God has promised. An excited anticipation. Are you anticipating good? Are you anticipating good? Are you anticipating good not only for heaven, but are you anticipating good for this life? Because they will ask you about the hope that is in you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that all the promises are yes and amen. But we thank you, Lord God, that we're going to take out our, the sword. We're going to take out the shield. We're going to use the, all of our weaponry so that none of it becomes dusty. None of it becomes forgotten. None of it becomes... Uh, outdated because, because, Lord, everything you gives us stays in date. In the mighty name of Jesus.